Okay, everybody, welcome back to Talk of the Now podcast, and uh, today we're going to be doing another theological topic, and today I've brought in another um, friend um, who is the associate pastor at Old Peachtree Presbyterian Church. Um, on a previous podcast, I've had um, Alan Johnson, who is the senior pastor there, and um, Joe, how are you today? Well, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Um, if you could, for the audience, just give us a little bit of an intro about yourself, um, you know, where you're from, you know, um, where I guess when you became a Christian and what got you into ministry and that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm from a lot of places. So grew up Detroit, um, Detroit area. Uh, my family moved down to Savannah, Georgia. <clears throat> and that's really where I became a Christian at independent Presbyterian church in, in Savannah. If, you, <clears throat> if you've ever been downtown Savannah and ah. uh, big steeple down there. And uh, that's, um, that's where I went to church as far I grew up middle school, high school. Oh, and um, that's kind of where I was formed as a, as a young Christian. Mm-hmm. Wow, wait, so you're, um, you were how old then when you moved to Savannah? Mm, I was like 11, 12 years old. Oh, okay. You've been there. So you were, you're almost part Southerner then in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I claim Michigan cause most of my family's from there. And yeah. Um, I lived back up there when I was 20, my early twenties as well. Okay. So. Yeah. I have a friend that has a similar family that moved to Atlanta from Michigan. He's a big Michigan fan, um, <laughs> football fan. And, um, he's, um, lived in atlanta he might have actually been born here but his mom and dad didn't come here until like after college so i think there's, there's a lot of you all that that came to um the south from michigan in the year in the last 30 40 years yeah and and mostly the claim that i have on michigan is my sports teams but yeah which ones know, do you like that's well essentially all of them but unfortunately you know most of them are not very good uh, <laughs> detroit detroit uh lions and Michigan's having a good season this year, but other than that, we're yeah, we're on hard times. So you are a big Michigan fan, then, not a uh, Michigan State or Central Michigan guy. Well, my dad went to Central Michigan, so I, I'm, you know, uh-huh. some, but they're not a very good team. So yeah, I like Bo, Bo Schembechler was my guy. Ah, gotcha. Well, I'm a big baseball fan, like a historical baseball fan. Like as a kid, I grew up collecting baseball cards and reading about it and everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, of course, know Ty Cobb and his history with the Tigers. Um, so I've always kind of had a little bit of an appreciation for the uh, Detroit Tigers growing mm-hmm. up just because of, uh, their Ty Cobb, uh, you know, his heritage being with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then by the way, you mentioned, um, independent president down in Savannah, I visited there one time a couple of years ago my wife and i after we got married decided to take a savannah trip and on the sunday uh we decided to go visit it was probably back in around 2017 or so and um the inside of that church is pretty striking as far as how nice it is it's almost like a little museum in a way oh yeah yeah it's a historical place it's 1755 i think was the church. yeah wow now yeah, that's great. Correct me if I'm wrong, but do you know, I thought I read that maybe Wesley preached there at one point, John Wesley. Yeah, he probably brother. did. Well, George Whitfield was more of the Savannah guy, you know, uh-huh. but, um, I think that he, he uh, established an orphanage down there in Savannah called uh, Wormslow. Mm-hmm. 
it, there's a place uh, with a bunch of Spanish moss and it's kind of like a, a long road down there. And um, yeah, Whitfield is uh, Wesley as well, but yeah, Whitfield was more the um, Savannah guy. I should remember because I read a Jonathan Edwards biography a couple years ago. And I don't remember, but I want to say that in part of it is written by a guy named Ian Murray, Scottish guy. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that he said that um, Edwards may have actually visited Savannah and preached down there, but I don't know if he came to that church when he visited. Um, yeah. I, you know, um, it might've been too late for Edwards to come there, but awesome. mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Edwards peak was around 1730s into 50. D maybe something mm-hmm. like that from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, well, I have you on here today to talk about, um, and sh- Oh, by the way, I forgot to ask you, how did you come about, um, becoming an associate pastor at old Prez? We kind of got off track there a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I came to be a member here about 2010 and I was called as a deacon and, um, uh, quickly started at seminary, um, probably called in ministry, uh, and around that time, the assistant pastor, he went to another church and they asked me to be an intern with the youth group, uh, essentially become the youth pastor here while I was in, um, going to RTS Atlanta <clears throat> and, and, you know, essentially just stayed on, um, through graduation and ordination. They called me in 2018 as the assistant pastor. Hmm, okay. And where did you get your undergrad, by the way? Um, my undergrad was from Bellhaven University in social services. Mm-hmm. Uh, then an internship downtown Atlanta, working with uh, homeless women and children. Um, okay. It's an organization called City of Refuge. So we're down there. What, um, is, where is Bellhaven? Well, the campus that I went to is... <clears throat> it's here in uh, Dunwoody, but um, the main campus is, is in Jackson, Mississippi. Oh, okay. That's, Same that's, as RTS. Yeah, I was just thinking that RTS is originated yeah. out of Jackson, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, RT, did you enjoy the uh, experience of um, doing a I, – because I, the Atlanta campus of RTS is sort of a um, – it's not really like a campus, is it? Uh, it's more like an office building, essentially. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a little, there's a little creek below the parking lot that gives us a little bit of atmosphere. <laughs> but, but you know, we had to, we had to share it with a realty, realty company that when I was going there. Yeah, I think since then they've bought that out and it's created more space. But mm-hmm. um, you know, our claim to fame at the time was um, having Derek Thomas as a, as a professor who's a um, senior minister at First Press, uh, Columbia, South Carolina, and writer of many books and such. So, oh, I haven't actually heard of him before. Okay, yeah, he's um, he's with uh, Ligonier Ministries, and he's friends with RC. And mm-hmm. So that was our that was our claim to fame at the time. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, I've I've heard of the. I just asked because I've heard of the RTS campus and known a few people that have went there in Atlanta. But I know that that was sort of a. I forgot what you call it. Maybe like a satellite campus. Mm-hmm. In a way, yeah. It, I mean, it is. But you mm-hmm. know, I did my whole. You can do your whole degree there. That's good. I sent um, easily. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I um, 
I know that Atlanta, it's, it's interesting to me that since, and we won't get into the history of the PCA or anything like that, but um, since sort of the split, I talked to that to Alan about that one, on one um, episode, but that Atlanta's never really had a proper reformed uh, theological seminary in Atlanta, so to speak, like a campus and everything, have they? Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, there's, there's seminaries, you know, there's mm-hmm. um, Columbia, there was Columbia Seminary um downtown or midtown um rts um emory i guess you could say Mm -hmm. down there so well um there's no no essential pca yeah yeah well there's not like um you know westminster doesn't have a campus here rts until now until recently didn't have a uh, actual campus here you know so mm-hmm. i think that's that's good because a lot of atlanta people you know wanting to do maybe getting a degree through night school or whatever um, while they work is been kind of a challenge because yeah. you know <laughs> yeah that's exactly what i did i mean it was um four years of driving uh 285 85 yeah to hour hour and a half well, it's a lot easier than um, loading up the family and moving to Jackson or North Carolina or, you know, Orlando, I guess. Oh, something yeah. Like that. Yeah. 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 Um, well, the subject that I want to talk about with you is discipleship. Mm. Um, I, I gave uh, Joe a couple of topics to maybe talk about today, and uh, he picked discipleship. And I think that discipleship has a lot of veins to it, if you will. Um, a lot of... Um, areas to think about and i and you know and by all means correct me if i'm wrong or add delete anything that i say about it just as an intro to it but when i think of discipleship i tend to think of um macro and micro in a lot of ways i think of macro sort of being um the churches um as in discipleship as in you know god jesus's call to discipleship of the of his disciples and then also on a uh, more smaller level, I guess, discipleship as in um, me as a believer, whether I'm a new believer or a 50 year believer, um, how does discipleship play a role in my life? Um, so I guess, you know, I'll just open it up to you and how you define it and what do you think, or what do you think of its importance or whatnot? Yeah. I mean, that's a good way to define it. Um, and you're right. There are lots of uh, different um Baines, if you will, is that how you put it? Yeah. But you know, uh, to me, it starts with the Great Commission, where where Jesus says that we are to make disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and that's that's where it begins. You know, that's that's what Jesus has called us to do, right? He hasn't um, uh, called us to just be nice to people or um, you know love people per se, but, but to, to make disciples. Right. Um, and what does that look like? Well, I mean, that looks like, you know, the re- for the rest of your life, you're going to be following Jesus. Um, uh, I think of, you know, Jesus has called his 12 disciples, you know, um, and he, he would call, he, he might have called others, right. You think of the, the, rich young ruler right and the rich young ruler comes to him what must i do to have eternal life and and jesus says to him well you you um go sell all that you have and then come and follow me 
and and he couldn't he couldn't do it right um he would have to give up everything that he was hanging on to well essentially that's what jesus says to to people still and that's what he says to his disciples that you have to you know check your idols at the door and and uh and follow him and that's not an easy easy thing to do you know it's not an easy easy um a life to become a christian and become a disciple uh because in in that word disciple is discipline right so and when we hear that hear that word discipline well that doesn't sound <clears throat> like it's an easy thing to do and um so it, it's it's uh you know you have to work at it and you actually have to become a member of a church and and worship and actually read the bible and mm. um have a have a prayer life and um fellowship with other believers and and so forth so um, let me do this um if we're not asking you if i ask you any questions i'm asking you know i I, pro- I know most of you know i have a pretty long history with christianity as far as how long i've been a christian and and what i understand but if i ask you questions that sound elementary it's because I want to ask these with the idea that somebody that's listening might just say these, they may be sure. in a devil's advocate role or a um, mm-hmm. maybe just someone that says, you know, even I, I did this with Alan too, is that I would ask questions that I might've had when I was, you know, 18, 17 as a young believer. Um, mm-hmm. and, and some maybe even like questions that I have as to more maybe philosophical, maybe just sort of, for instance, here's one that I thought about around, yeah, I still think about it every now and then is um, you uh, become a believer, let's say like I was, and you're around 16, 17 years old. Um, the first thing um, that I talked with, with Alan on our last podcast is, um, okay, what, what, what should I do? You know, I, I just became a believer. I, I accepted Christ as my savior. You know, I'm going to start trying to walk faithfully with him and do it. Um, okay, Mr. Joe, now what do I do with myself? how would you advise that guy or gal? Yeah. I mean, I, and I do advise those kids, <laughs> um, but I mean, that's what I do in, in youth, uh, youth group. You know, we, uh, first of all, if you've become a Christian, you know, I, I encourage them to join the church and to become a member of the church because <clears throat> that's um, essentially saying publicly that that you are a believer in and Lord Jesus Christ, right? You you can't, um, you know, to to use the uh, old VBS uh, song, you can't hide hide your light under a bushel, right? You, you have to um, show that you are a Christian. And I ask this to the youth group a lot. I say, do people, you know, if you are a Christian, do people know that you're a Christian? You know. Um, not just have you told them, but does your life, does your life reflect that? You know, are you being obedient um, to, to, to Jesus's commands? I mean, that's the second part of, of the great commission where, you know, he says, make disciples and um, baptizing them and then, and then teaching them all that I have uh, commanded you. Right. So, you know, are you following those commands? Um, You know, what, what is your, what does your daily life look like? Um, are you, you know, what, what does your prayer life look like? You know, um, 
Or, and you should you, pray then as a uh, right. You should circle. right. So uh, and that's implied in, in the Lord's prayer that when we mm-hmm. ask for our daily bread, right? We should so we should at least pray daily. Uh, that should be our practice. That should be, you know, something that we're that's a ha- habit <clears throat> for us. Hmm. Um, you know, and and you can't have a good prayer life without a good uh, Bible study either. Individual, you know. Because God's word uh, is God's uh, speaking to you. And then your prayer life is essentially you speaking back to God. So, you know, I, I tell that to the youth. I say, you know, read a read. Just open up a psalm. Let's say, let me just do this little trick right here. Like, praise the Lord. Like, so I'm just randomly opening scripture here. You know, not that this is like uh, a good a, the best thing to do <laughs> daily Ran- practice to, to, ran- to randomly open scripture. But if you did, you know, let's say Psalm 106. Okay. This is what I'm randomly opening to praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And so you say, Lord, I praise you. Lord, I thank you. You are good. Okay. Now you're off and running in your prayer. So, you know, use the, use the scripture to inform your prayer life. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, it's it's more than that, but yeah, it's not less than that. I've had, um, I've had, you know, people over 40, not just like your 30 year old man, for instance, I've had, I've actually had people tell me this, that they either left the church or decided not because you mentioned joining a church and one of your first things, they said, you know, I don't need a church. My church is Christ, my church is, you know, living day by day by the Holy Spirit, you know, getting in the word and fellowshipping with other believers and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, doing that. I, I don't need to darken one of those places with those hypocrites. What do you say to those kind of people? Yeah, well, I mean, if you're really in the word, then you would read that the word tells you to fellowship with other believers and, and uh, you know, do, do not um, neglect meet together, uh, as Hebrews uh, tells us. Um, and you, you need other Christians and, and believe it or not, I would say to this people, uh, other Christians uh, need you in, in their life. Like you don't know what gifts God has given you where you can, you can help other people. Uh, and that might just be, um, you know, as simple as saying, saying hello to someone on Sunday morning and you don't know what they're going through, but because, because you were there and you said, you said hello to them or you, or um, you spent time with them or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I mean, we are, we are part of Christ's body. Um, And if you're not a part of the church or you're not attending, uh, if you're not participating, then it's kind of like you're a, you're a broken bone or, appendage that's just kind of like wandered off from the rest of the body and eventually you know it dies um so would you say that the saying you know no man is an island is even more so true when it comes to being a believer and involved as a christian yeah i mean because there's no there's no better place to grow as a christian than uh within the body of believers because no, no, I mean, if you're just by yourself, no one's there to correct you. No one's there to 
can uh, admonish you if you if you're living a life of sin um, as well. And and maybe you know you might understand the scriptures in one way, and that might be a wrong a wrong understanding of scripture. And and no one's there to teach you. Um, and you're just kind of living your life um, uh, with a misunderstanding of the truth mm-hmm. uh, because you just want to be by yourself. But I mean, that that's the way life is with everything, right? I mean, you don't just, when you, when you work for an organization, uh, company or, or whatever, or even if you're just doing your own business, you need other people. Like, you can't just do things by yourself. Um, life just doesn't work that way. Mm. So I'd sometimes wonder for people to say that and I'm not trying to accuse anybody that's listening that, that has that philosophy, but I almost sort of wonder if it's sort of a way to just not worry about the accountability that comes with being part of a church or being, you know, um, a member of a church, a good standing member of a church, as they say, um, just, you don't really want to deal with any of that, um, sort of thing well i mean with that said you know that brings to mind the sacraments as well like we we especially during during the pandemic you know there was some discussion do we do we go to people's houses and serve them communion because they can't come to the mm. to the house of god you know and and we said um you know that, that's not the way uh communion works it paul says when you come together Right. You have to come together as a, as a group of believers and receive the sacraments. So um, I forget the part of your question, but that just brought to mind the mm. the uh, um, Lord's Supper aspect of it. Um, yeah, I was just thinking that um, some people, um, you know, I've known some people and I think that that's just sort of, I guess, a lot of ways. Um, it's hard for us as humans um, in our own human um, flesh or whatever you want to call it, uh, sinful nature sometimes to accept the fact that if you become part of a Christian organization, i.e. the church, that it's going to be messy at times. And that um, yeah. sometimes maybe they're trying to avoid the mess, if you will. Sure. Well, I mean, Jesus tells a lot of parables about, about that, where, right? Where the wheat and the tares grow up together and, you know, and that's not going to change until he returns. Right. He said, you know, I uh, forget which parable it is, but he, you know, they said, should we pull up the weeds, you know, to, to get those potential, mm-hmm. you know, maybe unbelievers out of the church. And we, you know, and he says, no, you know, the, the wheat and the, and the weeds have to grow up together. Um, and you have to love people who aren't like you. Uh, and don't have the same interests and, um, you know, and, and you talked about accountability. Um, I mean, that's just, uh, you're, you're obeying Christ by, by, um, becoming accountable to the, to a session and, and to the pastors. Um, cause you know, we've been, we've been charged with, with, uh, as overseer, overseers of souls, um, you know, and, and if you say you're a Christian, then, then that should be okay. I mean, that, you know, um, that's not a bad thing to be under the authority of a church. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you know the verses offhand, but um, maybe the chat, maybe where 
people go look for the chapters, but the Bible does um, basically tell us that, um, you know, we're, we're commanded, if you will, to be part of a church, be part of a body of believers, basically, just as we're commanded or um, told that we should pray and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, Paul talks about that through, through first and second Corinthians, um, talking about the, the, the coming together and, um, you know, and, and, um, this is not necessarily exactly the verse that you're asking about, but Jesus says, apart from me, you can, you can do nothing. Right. It's John 15, five. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, if, if we are a part of Christ's body, uh, which Paul talks about in first uh, Corinthians, then, um, you know, we are where Jesus is and we, um, and apart, apart from him, right. He says, we, we, we can do nothing. So, um, you know, Jesus says, I will build my church, uh, it's Matthew 16, right? and, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, right? So, um, that's that's what Jesus is doing right now, he's, he's building his church, and um, you know, he's he, there's no like set, there's no like I don't know, minor leagues, if you will, for, for, the, for the church. Is there, there's only one place to be a Christian. Uh, and that's that's the church that's a good point um and i think that um that, that again that leads to where you said you know become a member of a church um what if i um how does one you think go about navigating when like let's say i'm a 25 year old uh, new believer we'll just use an example nothing against catholicism but let's just say that i came from a catholic church became a believer decided that I didn't know that being Catholic was what I should be. How would I go about, for lack of a better term, shopping for a church? Yeah. I mean, you want to go to a church that preaches this, preaches the Bible, preaches the gospel, um, which I wouldn't say the Catholic church does that because um, they, they preach the gospel plus or, or self, um, you know, justification plus, uh, the sacraments or, or whatever it is. Um, but, um, first off, if, if you, if you're preaching the scriptures, um, that's, that's the type of church that you want to be in. And also, I mean, a church says welcoming, you know, it's not, it's not a dead church. It's not, um, full of people just going through the motions, you know, just kind of, we're just kind of here because this is what we're supposed. To, this is what we're supposed to do on Sunday, kind of thing. But uh, you know, a church that's a, a loving out outreach um, type of church that will, uh, you know, greet you and um, want to get to know you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a book that uh, that I had in college. I got way back in college that I've n- I've only read through it once and it's been years, but uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this one, Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life. Uh, it's by a guy named um, Donald uh, S. Whitney. Uh-huh. Had, a, had a forward by Mr. J.I. Packer. I don't, have you ever read the book or heard of it? Uh, I, I've heard of Donald Whitney. I, I don't think I've read the book, though. Yeah. Well, I'll just list you um, the chapters of what he, I guess, you know, this probably relates to discipleship in a lot of ways, but um, basically spiritual disciplines of the Christian life he goes into and he, he starts off with Bible intake and that's a two-parter basically. 
and prayer, worship, evangelism, serving, stewardship, fasting, uh, silence and solitude, um, journaling and learning. Now, I think that when you, um, when you think about, like I talked about at the beginning with, um, Christianity on a macro level as a whole, I think most of us can get behind the idea of, you know, Bible intake, prayer, you know, prayer and word. If, if you've spent any time in, in a church worth half its salt, then you're going to hear the pastor say that you should be in prayer and the word. Um, and obviously worship because you're going to be at a church worshiping. And um, so, but then you get to evangelism and serving and stewardship to me, that seems to be sort of the second tier in a lot of ways, not tier, but um, second sort of level in a lot of ways. It's a little bit more on the um, small group to personal side. Um, so I guess uh, let's let's go, because we already covered a lot of those, the intake and the prayer and worship. Mm-hmm. What um, how, A lot of times, how do you advise people as far as what to look for and how to approach evangelism, serving, and stewardship? Yeah, well, I mean, evangelism, um, to me, you know, you don't want to, um, one, one, let me just back up and say one book that, that helped me with evangelism was, was J.I. Packer's Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God, which Hmm. kind of said that, um, everyone is a potential believer, you know, like, um, technically, technically everyone is not a potential blue, but as far as it's up to me, um, I should be, uh, my evangelism should, should start with my own Christian life. How am I living? Which is what, why I say to the, to the youth, as I said before, do people know that you're a Christian? Um, cause that can, that can start conversations, uh, pretty quickly and, and, you know, you don't have to, uh, stand on the corner and, uh, you know, hold, hold up your Bible high to evangelize people. You just have to say, Oh, I go to old Peachtree Presbyterian church and that, Oh, uh, and, and that'll either draw, uh, turn people off or, 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 um, Oh, you're one of those o- open Christian people. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, I mean, for instance, it, it might be as simple as, as, I don't know, handing, handing somebody a book. I mean, we've got all these free books at church, uh, gentle and lowly. And, um, we had, uh, some guys installing our TV about a month ago here, uh, from uh, best buy geek squad. And I, I handed them, I said, would you like a book? Thank you for doing your work. And one guy got like vehemently, like, uh, you know, pushed me away and, and no, I don't want anything to do with that. And the other guy was open, right? He, he said, sure, I'll take one. Uh, and all I said, all I said was, would you like this free book? You know, and is, you know, because we're in the church and because they know I'm a pastor, there's already that evangelism going on, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But um, it, just all, all that to say is if people know that you're a Christian, you know, evangelism should um, come essentially easy, easily than, than if people don't know you're a Christian. So that, I mean, those conversations are going to be harder to come by. But you were, um, you were in the business field before you became a pastor. Um, mm-hmm. How did you approach it more so when you were like in the office and doing, you know, your day-to-day grind? 
Yeah, I mean, just coming up in, in conversations and just especially when when tragedies happen on the news. I mean, people in offices love to talk about things on the news. And mm-hmm. and uh, I just remember like some somebody said, um, you know, what is this world coming to uh, kind of comment? And I said, well, this world is a fallen world. And and uh what does fallen mean (laughs) yeah what is fallen what do you mean by that and and so now now you're off and running with uh genesis 3 right uh to um where man fell and this is why the we're in the mess we're in and the only uh remedy for that is jesus christ and um so i mean you have to you have to be biblically uh, at least have that redemptive historical story um ready to go in your head mm. i mean you have to know at least a little bit of what you're talking about when when you're evangelized and um it's not just it's not just saying believe in the lord jesus and you will be saved i mean that 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 did that has saved people i mean the philippian jailer but um you know where do you go from there uh, yeah I, you know i found it harder to me in a lot of ways with um because you have different ways of decide of um evangelism when like for instance you have the guy you meet on the street like if you're hanging out at a park you know laying down on the grass just taking in some sunshine suddenly a stranger walks by you and and says hey do you mind if we play a game here you know that you say oh by the way do you know jesus you know and they'll say well yes i know jesus (laughs) i say his name every time i'm mad um (laughs) or you know or you're you know and then maybe you've got your acquaintance that you met at the um at work and you know y'all go out uh, just to hang out for you know wings and beer and watching a football game on a monday night mm-hmm. um to me that that one right there can be the more um you know uh not dicier but more um thin um you know kind of thin ice if you will of when to share your faith with or because you don't want to be like oh by the way mm-hmm. i've gotten to know you and been befriended you yeah. because i want you to know jesus Right. Well, I mean, discipleship, it's not like a quick, uh, quick thing to do. Right. I mean, uh, it takes, it takes time, takes, you know, and building that relationship, building that trust with that person. Mm. I mean, that's what it's like, even in the church, you know, even with people that become members of the church, like I, people have to trust me when I, when I'm teaching them and when I'm preaching the word and, um, at least I, I feel that, I, I mean, maybe they implicitly trust me just because they hear the word pastor, but, you know, in, in everyday life and, and going out to, to eat with somebody or having a beer on a Monday night, um, over time, if you build up that relationship and, and they see, you know, how your life is, um, you know, they should ask, what, why are you so different? You know, what makes you different? Um, and if there if there's fruit real fruit there that that should uh come pretty easily uh, those questions should come easily at least yeah yeah but i've found i just you know the acquaintance people can be a little bit i think you know i've always advised people when it comes to the acquaintance people and maybe your family a lot of times because um they're to me your family unless they've become a friend in the same sense that your friend your buddy down the street is your your best friend you know, that can be a little bit harder too, because, you know, you don't want to, um, um, to, you know, you don't want to, um, I guess, become too impressionable or too, 
haunty sounding when you try to tell your brother that's known you for whatever 50 years that, um, oh, by the way, I happen to be better than you because I'm going to heaven. Do you want to know about Jesus? And then he's like, well, we grew up in the same church. What are you talking about, pal? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jesus himself had that had, had that mm. own problem. Remember in uh, Mark chapter six, and goes back to his hometown of Nazareth, and they say, you know, isn't this a carpenter? And we know his brothers and sisters, and and even his brothers and sisters didn't believe in him. And and, and he says, you know, a prophet is not honored except in his hometown, right? And um, he he's he he doesn't do many miracles there because. You know those familial uh, relationships kind of um, trumps the truth of who he was, and and so hopefully you can. Um, and that I mean that takes prayer. That takes you know maybe not uh, maybe not sharing the gospel. Uh, in certain situations, you know, waiting for that right time, waiting for that window to open. Hmm. Because, um, you know, if you, if you let the cat, cat out of the bag, so to speak, um, and scare someone off, well, you know, they're not going to come and talk to you again. And, and you might even lose that relationship as well. That, that um, reminds me of one, one anecdote that I had a few years ago not long after college, I worked at a um, screen printing company. And, um, you know, the first day that I walked in, there was a girl with purple hair, like doing, you know, filling out some cards or something like that. And uh, I even went down and, and and sat down at a table to help some people out with a job that they were doing. So I said, did you see the girl with the purple hair? And I was like, yeah, I saw it. It's very purple. And uh, anyway, as I got to know her, because um, we ended up working by and with each other a lot, um, she turned out to be a really cool girl but also a very, very um, non-believer uh, of any faith. Um, she was a kind of girl that um, we had a very interesting conversation one time where um, we're talking about death. And um, I, and I said, to her, you know, um, I'll call her Mandy. Mandy, when I, when I die one day, I believe that um, Christ will bring me home to heaven and I will live with him in eternity. And, you know, that I don't actually die, that I, you know, continue on living. And her, she said, and I was like, what, what do you think as someone that doesn't believe in any religion at all? She was like, well, I think that when I die, I just, you know, I just kind of dissolve and it's just kind of going out there. Into, and I thought to myself, you know, um, what, what a bummer. And how, how do you live with yourself every day, knowing that that is going to be your, the end of your demise or the end of your life? Cause we all know we're dying. Um, mm -hmm. But I also, the, the back of that to me was that over time by just, you know, we talked about everything. Like we would talk about our favorite movies, things that we liked, you know, good or bad, different songs we liked. Um, me and a few other people that were, would sit with us and do stuff, you know, we would go to Wendy's and eat dinner. I mean, lunches and stuff like that. But when we had that conversation though, it made me realize that, um, I got into her good graces that she would share that with me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you, you brought up the concept of death, right? That we all die. I mean, that's, that's a good question. You know, what happens to us when we die? Mm -hmm. I mean that no, no one can get offended at that. I mean, because that's what's going to happen to us all. And uh, unless Christ returns, 
So um, that's to me, that's a good that's a good question, um, especially like, you know, that's why I said when, when tragedies come, uh, come up and um, bad things happen, that's that's a that's an open door mm-hmm. um, for the gospel. Um, One of the things that I realized um, and later on, actually, maybe a month or so later, because she was taking uh, college classes, uh, I think she was taking a religious class. And she came to me actually with a, one of the um, chapters in Matthew. And I was like, Gene, would you mind giving me, I know you're, you know, say you're a Christian and everything. Would you mind giving me your take on these <laughs> verses that um, I looked at for class the other day? I was trying to figure out what they're actually talking about. And I was like, wow, you know, this is, this is so cool that she came to me doing this, you know? Yeah. Well, so, it's because she knew you were a Christian. That's, mm, so. Yeah. It, um, it was, it turned out to be, um, delightfully interesting that um, someone that might have been it was a good lesson for me is to you know ministering if you will to somebody that you know eventually i got to share my faith with her and be a part of her life and let her know that um i'm not here to judge you but i'm here to tell you what i know and and what you know my life is about i i don't know if that helps anybody but that's that was a good chapter in my life in a lot of ways um but anyway, if we're talking to moving on, though, we got kind of on evangelism for a while there. Um, when I think about serving and stewardship and fasting and silence and solitude, journaling, learning, um, mm-hmm. these are very personal things, right? Mm-hmm. These are very, you know, individual, not individual, but they can be very individual things. Um, obviously, serving in the church every day. What, what, um, what do you think is a good place for somebody to start that wants to be serving in the church? Well, you know, there's two ways to go about it. You know, one way is figure out all the things that you are not good at <laughs> and just try them uh, or try them and figure out that you're not good at them. And then like starting a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this has been pretty good. So yeah, yeah. you're good at the podcasting, but um, <laughs> you know, are you good at, you know, bringing someone a meal uh, or cooking a meal for someone, uh-huh. you know, figure out like what, what gifts God has given you. Ah, so, so figuring out your gifts is one. Um, I would say that's, that's an important thing. And, 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 and then what do you want to do? You know, there's, there's lots of ways in, in serving the church. Um, and I forget who said this, but you know, there's, there's just this aspect of, well, just do something. Mm. Right. Um, you can't uh, do anything until you start it. Right. So, you know, um, that's kind of why we put out all those announcements in, in the bulletin. You know, uh, we need people in the nursery. Okay. Uh, somebody might say, well, I'm not good with children. Okay. Well, what else is there for you to do? You know, or maybe, you know, have you ever worked with children? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what, do you, what would you tell? Know- oh, go ahead. It's just kind of knowing yourself and, um, yeah. And, and going from there. And now you work with youth a lot. So um, what, what would you tell? And as, as, as guys, we know how us men operate. What would you tell the guy that's like, I'm 22, I'm shy. All I like to do is play video games in my mom's basement. Um, I don't really know how to talk to people. Golly, mm-hmm. I just want to get in and out. What do, you, what do you tell that guy? I know you've probably met that kind of person. Yeah, well, the first <laughs> thing is show up, right? So, <laughs> so it's okay to play video games, but turn the video games off at some point. Right. Mm. And, and just being there, 
um, can go a long way. You know, a lot of these, uh, the college age kids who don't have any direction, like I, I've asked them, I asked them in the summer and they, um, some of them did well and some of them didn't, but to be chaperones on a, on a retreat, you know, cause they're within the age of, of, uh, high school students. So they can relate with them more and <laughs> tell me their secrets or <laughs> whatever they're hiding and, and things like that as well. But, you know, just show up, uh, and be willing to, to do, um, what we ask you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it might be something as simple as that, you know, and, and, and be willing to billing, be willing to not be recognized, um, for serving as well. Like, you know, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. That's what, uh, you know, don't sound the trumpet, um, before mm-hmm. you. So if that's, you know, setting up tables and chairs, uh, if that's, uh, coming along with me to visit, uh, the little old lady who, uh, is in the nursing home and can't come to church, uh, what, you know, whatever it is, um, just be willing to, to serve. Um, and you might, um, you know, I was just reading this book that just came out here. Uh, you are not your own. <clears throat> and it said, well, I'm not going to do anything until I feel like it. Right. Well, um, he says, actually turn that around. If you do something, your feelings, will probably change about mm-hmm. that. Um, if I, if I, if I say, well, I'm not, I don't like that guy over there. Uh, so therefore I'm not going to talk to him until I feel like it. Well, why don't you go talk to him and then your feelings may, may change. And, and so don't base everything off your feelings, but you know, um, there, there is a, there is an aspect of just stepping out and, and doing something that, you're not quite sure of, mm-hmm. um, which for the 22 year old who plays video games all the time, I don't know if they're sure about anything. So, um, <laughs> it's just about doing something besides finger of dexterity. Um, yeah. yeah. What about, um, I just had a, I thought I had a good thought and I lost it. Um, <laughs> what, uh, you're, um, I, I was just trying to think of a few other examples maybe to ask about, but um, when it comes to, Oh yeah, that's what it was. Um, I, I feel like you're saying the common sense thing of when it comes to the church, think outside the box, you know, where can you serve? Where can, what, what do you notice? You know, maybe if you're, maybe if you love painting for a living, and, um, you know, dressing stuff up and making it look pretty. Well, perhaps you, uh, w- w- perhaps you notice something that needs a little sprucing up around the church or somebody yeah. that doesn't know how to paint their own house. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, getting to know the congregation and, and their own talents and, and, you know, what do you like to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's all part of it as well. Um, you know, uh, and what I like is people that come up to me with, with ideas you know, I, you know, I have this idea to do to, uh, you know, we have, we have a lady that's, that's putting um, flowers outside the, the church this morning, right? She built, she built a flower box. Mm-hmm. I said, well, that, that's, that's wonderful. Let's, let's I'll go ahead and do that. And, um, you know, so it's, it, it is, it is about finding where God has gifted, gifted you and, 
Um, do you think it'd be a good idea for um, people to take a spiritual gifts test? And do you have any recommendations on that? I don't particularly like those tests because okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a fine idea. Like, um, I forget which one we took in seminary. I don't have an, I don't have an opinion. I, I know we way. took like, we took like a Myers Briggs, but that's not spiritual gifts. Mm. But, uh, there, there is, there's tests that are similar, uh, to that, uh, same, same type of, uh, questions, you know, it, and that can, that can be helpful, but, um, that that can't hurt anything I don't, I don't think but i would think the the more the better way to do it is just is just to jump in and do something and mm -hmm. and and discover you know that you actually are good at it because you did it and uh right because you you can talk about doing things but until you do it you don't really know but that that leads me to thinking about the other end of the other side of the coin or the other end of the spectrum. Those of us that might be a little bit overly zealous um, that, yeah. uh, you know, we want to jump in the deep end backwards with our head and mouth wide open. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. how, how does, how do you um, basically advise people or even in your own life um, from becoming, I don't know if legalism is the right word, but becoming, you know, uh, perhaps per performance oriented is a better way of putting it. Um, you know? Yeah. I mean, I can see that like adding to your collection of uh, badges of Christianity or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's okay to relax and that's uh, all part of all part of discipleship is to rep, you know, take time to rest, take time to have fun, to have fun, you know, to do something that you enjoy where um you're not having to prove anything to anybody and you're just you're just living living life i mean that's a little bit what we do with um we have this fall fellowship and i just invite people over to our house and and we just hang out we don't there's no like bible study that goes along with it you know we don't ask you to bring anything just come come over and just hang out with us right so and people are like, well, what can I bring? What can I do? What? And I say, no, just, just relax and, 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 you know, fellowship with other, other believers. So I think the answer to that is fellowship, right? Just, just spending time um, with, with each other and, and not putting this, this burden upon yourself that, um, you know, that no one else is putting on you. You're just, I mean, you're just trying to, to uh earn points um and i don't even know what that's getting what what that entails honestly like um because that's that's really you can get in your own head um as far as serving and i didn't right. do enough or, or or whatever it is like uh i mean you just rely, uh, go back to where jesus says it is finished you don't need to prove yourself mm. uh, um, let me, um, ask about this and if you, um, I don't know if you thought about this much at all. I, I kind of touched on a little bit with Alan on the last one, I think maybe I didn't, but, um, I've heard that a lot of people, and I've been a part of these kind of churches too, and, uh, ministries like in college ministry where, um, we have the, uh, what they call discipleship groups. 
Um, and we have, um, we're going, I don't want to be a part of a, I don't want to be a part of a church that doesn't have a discipleship groups. You know, what, what do you, what is your philosophy on discipleship and discipleship groups and that sort of thing? Um, what do you think about that? What do you think about, you know, the whole thing about discipleship groups, what they should be? Are they, are they necessary? Are they semi-necessary? Um, should we even call them that? Uh, what should they be made of? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I guess that works into like a small group or a Bible study or, or things like that. I mean, you know, all of those are discipleship groups, I, I guess, if you want to put a label on it. But, um, you know, like we have, for instance, like women's women's ministry is that a discipleship group. You know, it can lead to that. But what what is the purpose of what you're doing? I think that's what you got to start out with. You know, you can call anything, you can call anything a discipleship group, but if you're not, if you're not being, let's say disciplined in, in your, um, in what you're exactly you're trying to accomplish, then, you know, you can call it whatever you want, but you know, are, are we learning the scriptures better? Are we um, coming together closer as friends and as Christians? And are we, you know, is the Holy Spirit leading us um, in our faith in Jesus? And is he bringing us to uh, God's throne of grace? Um, if not, if we're just hanging out and, you know, because I've been part of those small group discipleship groups. Um, I'm not going to name names, but there was a church I went to in a uh, small group or whatever it was called. And I brought my Bible and no one else brought their Bible. And we we're at Chipotle uh, just hanging out and we just ate burritos and just hung out. And then I went home. I'm like, what, what was that for? I could have just, you know, gone to Chipotle with my, by myself. I mean, it, it, so I, I think the key there is, you know, what, what are we trying to accomplish? Um, so not and, discipleship for discipleship you know, sake, so to speak. <laughs> well, I mean, discipleship in, you know, or not discipleship group for discipleship sake kind of thing, you know, becoming, becoming more like Jesus and getting to know Jesus better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, that's what, that's what Jesus says. Eternal life is right. To, to know God and to know Jesus Christ, whom you've sent this uh, John 17, three. And if you're not doing that, then, um, then that's not discipleship. Well, uh, back in my day, a lot of times we'd call it being in a D group. I mean, I guess, you know, you're, you're kind of in the Christian circles when you're calling it a D group. Are you in a D group? You have a D group, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that um, some people might think that they might not be growing spiritually if they're not involved in a D group. Um, would you disagree with that in a lot of ways? Or does that, again, go back to what you're saying? It depends on what your definition is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're a lot, well, you know, we do rely on other people to, to, to grow in our faith. Mm. Um, but the discipleship group might just be one other person. Mm. I mean, you, you know, you can, you can, you can read a book together or, or study, a, uh, do a devotion um, together. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a large group of people um, or, or even small group or whatever, uh, 10 people. It could just be one, one-on-one, um, you know? Uh, so I, I think if, if you're saying I can't grow 
if I don't have a small group, well, I mean, that, that, that to me says that you're not, uh, um, worshiping the Lord on, on, on the Lord's day, um, perhaps in the way that you should, or, or, or maybe you're in a church that's not, um, meeting the uh, standards of worship. Um, and you're just kind of, you know, one of those churches just going through the motions and we're here on Sunday. Um, it would depend. I mean, every right. circumstance is a little different. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, I think that that's important to talk about though, because, um, like I said at the beginning, you know, you get a young believer a lot of times and they may think, you know, you know, they may just, let's just say they go to XYZ grace church or something like that. And, you know, after they become a believer, you know, they get these, these group of people like, are you in a D group yet? Are you in a discipleship group? You, you, you want to grow, right? You should be in a D group, you know? And, you know, I don't, that, that person might kind of get a little bit of anxiety saying, well, am I really a believer? I don't really think I need to be in one right now. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, I would say it's okay to not, then not be in a group, a uh, discipleship group or a small group. And you can grow as a Christian, you know, I mean, you do have to be there and worship Sunday morning and you, Hey, Sunday evening, that's the mm. best discipleship group you can be in is a Sunday evening worship. Mm. Um, so uh, I've me personally, I and I don't know if you would agree with this, but I, I've always looked at it as, um, you know, Christian life is just like life in a lot of ways that it grows. It goes through phases and um, ebbs and ebb and flows and um for instance, I've led um, discipleship groups at churches um, and it might be like, I'm leading like three high school kids and learning how to, you know, study the scriptures and do spiritual disciplines, you know, and maybe that's good enough for a discipleship group. And there might be another time where um, I just have one guy that I meet with for an entire year and we just meet at Waffle House once a month and that mm-hmm. can be my discipleship group mm-hmm. or um, the best, um, if you will, small group discipleship group that I was ever a part of was when I graduated college, two other buddies of mine that were my best friends, we got together and basically um, we just sort of co-led it in a lot of ways. And we would read through some books like um, putting amazing back into grace is a um, Michael Horton book that we loved. And uh, we read through that. And then we read through some books of the Bible together and we would just, um, we just go around and, and sort of give our takes on it. And we would talk about the rest of our lives as well. And um there were, um, there's a, uh, I've heard there's, um, one church, um, in Atlanta called perimeter church and they have this philosophy called life on life. Um, how do they Mm -hmm. say life on life? Um, disciple spirit trying to remember how they say it now life on life. Um, anyway, life on life discipleship, so to speak, but anyways, that's what we were doing in a sense. And And you're just basically living your life around other believers. And, um, you know, it, it, to me, it's good if you can do that, in a lot of ways, especially if you can get a buddy or um, maybe besides a wife or a girlfriend that um, you can call up and say, Hey, look, you know what? I'm really struggling with my anger lately, or I'm, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time praying to me. A lot of times that's what more of what discipleship looks like than, Oh, I've signed up for a D group for the fall and I've got my yeah. check, you know? Well, I mean, and a lot of that is, you know, what is your circumstance in your life? Like you mentioned, it's ebbs and flows, you know, first John tells us to confess our sins one to another. I don't think that means confess our sins before a, a whole small group. So everybody knows our business, mm-hmm. right? I, I think that means 
you know, get a person who you can trust, a good friend, a, a accountability um, partner. I mean, I, I got, I got a, a guy that I meet with regularly that, and we confess our sins one to another and um, keeps us accountable. And, uh, and we walk through the scriptures and, you know, and, um, you know, that all works into the proverb, you know, iron sharp, sharpening iron. Um, it, it depends on where you are in, in your life and, and how much time you have. Um, but yeah, one-on-one, I mean, that, that's, that's, um, really good. Uh, depends on the person you're, you're with, I suppose. Um, but, uh, well, if I'm here and I'll, we'll close this out soon cause you probably got to go, but, um, when it comes to, to me, um, discipleship, um, I'm, I feel like I'm hearing you saying that a lot of it is church involvement and being in the church. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you can do discipleship outside the church because I mean, Jesus is the one who is building the church. Uh, and he is the one who's calling us to make disciples. So, and he, mm-hmm. he's the head of the church. And so if the head of the church is saying that, that's what we do. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, uh, you know, outside the church, how are you discipled? I, I, I don't have an answer to that question because I don't even know what that looks like. Mm. Um, and, and I don't think that's, that could even be a true statement that there's discipleship outside the church. Um, okay, so. Joe, well, any other thoughts you had about discipleship that you want to bring to the table today? Well, there's a couple of books that I had that, Ooh, um, okay. in just preparation for, uh, for you asking me about discipleship. So, so the one book is this along long obedience in the same direction by, uh, Eugene Peterson, who, you know, don't, don't judge the book by its cover. Cause it says he's the translator of the message Bible, but I read this in seminary and it kind of walks you through the, uh, Psalms of ascent and talks about how discipleship is, you know, like the title says, a long obedience in the same direction where discipleship is a slow process and not something that happens overnight or even the course of a year or 10 years, but really over a lifetime where um, um, you're walking, walking with the Lord. Um, The second book, Transforming Discipleship by Greg, Greg Ogden. And this, uh, the preface to the title says make making disciples a few at a time. Right. And so it's similar um, to the long obedience, but, and like I said, the the one-on-one discipleship, where if you can just, you know, win over one person at a time, um, you're, you're doing the Lord's work where, I mean, even Jesus, right. He, he he starts off with 12, right. Why, why doesn't he have, 12,000, you know, no, he just has 12, 12 guys, uh, who, who don't look like much, right. Um, they're just four uneducated fishermen and, and, uh, tax collectors and, and guys like this ragtag bunch that, um, you know, the more time they spent with Jesus, the more that they looked at, look, they looked like Jesus. So, um, I think that's the point, whole point of discipleship that we were, will look like Jesus um, at the end of our life. Excellent. All right, Joe. Well, I appreciate you coming on and um, you know, maybe if you want to, you can come on and we'll just, uh, we'll venture through another subject sometime. Sure.
Sure. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us and uh, have a great day. And we'll talk to you later.